the words from Lynn DeSazo's hymn or song that was sung today earlier in the service echo in my mind repeatedly. The first time I ever heard the words, Lord, you are more precious than silver, Lord, you are more costly than gold, was on an Emmaus walk, my Emmaus walk in 1997. Now, this song had been around for quite a while before then, but this was the first time I had ever heard it because I really hadn't been into contemporary Christian music at that time. And as they sang that song on this walk, it kept going through my head again and again and again. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds, and nothing I desire compares with you. I was struck by those words. Nothing I desire compares with you, Lord. I was struck by those words not only because they're beautiful and amazing and it equated very well with my theology of who God was and is for me. It equated with my theology of Jesus and Jesus' love for me and my love for Christ. These words struck me even more importantly because, well, they weren't the truth. I wanted them to be the truth. I desired them to be the truth. But they weren't really true. Like everybody else, I had been on the, the treadmill of life. I had been going to work and doing my job and taking care of my chores and planning my lessons for the next day and paying my bills and doing my taxes and paying my dues and doing the hard work, the housework, the difficult work, taking care of business every day. Another song we all know taking care of business, it's easy to get roped in to that treadmill. It's one of the reasons why this time of shelter in place has actually had a positive effect on some people. As difficult as this time has been, it's also caused us to pause and consider what's most important. Is it the things of life, the stuff of life, the junk of life that's important to us? Or is it the people of our lives? Is it the stuff we do, the stuff we have, the stuff we make and consume that's important? Or is it the people, the people we know and love, the people we care for, and the people we don't even know? Aren't they what really matters to us? Aren't they the ones that is really important in our living? You see, for God, we mattered. We mattered greatly. We mattered more than anything else, more than sacrifices, more than obedience. We mattered to God. You know, Peter writes, you know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, 
like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. A ransom was the price that was paid to buy back from captivity something that you valued greatly. You paid a ransom to get it back. We know of this from things like ransom notes in movies where gangsters go and kidnap someone and then they write a ransom note using clipped out pieces from newspapers so that you couldn't identify who wrote it that says, turn over $10,000 and we'll give you your loved one back. That's a ransom note. That's what we know. That's how we know that term. Well, in this case, we have stolen ourselves away from God. We've stolen ourselves away from God, from the life that God has for us, a life of faith and a life of hope and a life of love, a life founded upon trusting in God and God's will for us. We stole ourselves away. We kidnapped ourselves. We were exiled from God by our own self-will, by our own arrogance and thinking that we were good enough that we would know better than God, that we wanted to have the knowledge of good and evil for ourselves rather than simply trusting in God. And so we did. We added to God's word. We ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we found out that we were naked, that we were exposed, that we were without excuse. And yet, in the midst of our nakedness, in the midst of our failure, in the midst of our unwillingness to trust in God, in the midst of all of this, God's love comes to us. God's love, which is beyond any measure of value that we could possibly have. We may not value ourselves, our true selves. We value the wrong things, how we look, what we wear, the car we drive, the house we live in, the things we have, the toys we've acquired in life, all of which goes down to us, down into the grave with us. Those who die with the most toys still die, and they rot with us. No. God doesn't value any of that stuff, any of that junk. God doesn't value any of that. Jesus wouldn't have given himself as a ransom for that garbage. God's love is far more costly, far more valuable, more abundant, more fantastic than anything we could ever imagine. And God values us. God values you so much, even as you are, just as you are, warts and all, faults and failings, mistakes and fumbles. God values you so much that God gave God's self in Jesus of Nazareth as a ransom for you. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors. Didn't matter what you tried to do. Didn't matter what your ancestor tried to do. All the things that we tried to do to save ourselves failed. We were ransomed from that. We were ransomed from the sin 
of trying to do it ourselves. Not with perishable things like silver or gold. We weren't bought back with stuff. But with the precious blood of Christ. Like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. Like the Passover lamb whose blood was placed on the doorposts and the lintel. So the death angel would pass over during the plagues in Egypt. We've been bought back with that amazing expression of God's love for us. We may be covered with plenty of blemishes, and we are, but Christ is without fault, flaw, or blemish. God's love was and is perfect. And God gives it all to you right now, this very instant, without you having to do anything but receive it. That's what grace is. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. We can never fully comprehend it. But we know that it's true. And Jesus brings its truth to us in ways that are beyond our comprehension, in self-giving ways that valued us more than him. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are set on God. It's strange for a a Methodist to talk this way, but before the universe came into being, before God said, let there be light in that big bang of brilliant genius, before anything was, God determined you that you were worth loving and worth giving it all as a ransom through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. For your sake, if only for your sake, Jesus came to be with us, to love us, to live with us, to heal us, to feed us, to die for us and be raised for us. And through Christ Jesus, we have all come to trust in God, to depend upon God, to do that which we failed to do before. Listen to God and not the voice of the talking snake, that serpentine voice that speaks, you don't need God, you can do it yourself. We're called now to continue listening to God. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, our faith and hope is set not upon ourselves, not upon the stuff of this life, not upon buildings as beautiful as they are, or institutions, but upon God. As incredible as all of this is, it doesn't even come close to, 
to touching upon the true depth of God's amazing love for you. And so in the midst of this pandemic, when it sometimes feels like life is going into the toilet, when the pension plan and the 401k looks like it's getting flushed, when work is gone, and when all appears lost, it's not. For the one thing that is more important than silver or gold or any of this stuff is God's love. God's love which is eternal. God's love which never ends. God's love which never leaves us or forsakes us. God's love is what's most important. I want you to know that God loves you, that we love you, that you are not alone, and give thanks to God for the beautiful ransom that Jesus willfully and willingly paid by coming to be amongst us, by living with us as one of us, teaching us and feeding us, and stretching out his arms on the hardwood of the cross and dying for us and being raised from the dead for us. Accept the love of God. Receive the love of God. Proclaim the love of God. Share the love of God. And do all of this in the precious name of Jesus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And may God's people say, Let me Amen. Dwell in your